Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. Welcome back to another episode of the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and today I want to focus on something that's near and dear to my heart. And I say near and dear because it's something that I believe that all of us experience at some point or another. And we probably deal with it every day just based off of the news and things that that are going on in our world today. But I want to talk about fear and I really want to break down how fear impacts us, not just mentally, but physically and just, you know, even subconsciously in a lot of ways. Fear really can take and have a stranglehold on our lives. Um, And when I was thinking about the word fear, you know, there's a ton of, of acronyms that go with fear. And there were two that stuck out with me. And I think those two, the two that I've that I've chosen uh, for this episode to really focus on, you know, really epitomizes for me kind of the options that you have, because even even as an heir, you know, fear should not be part of our walk, but it is natural as a human to have the feeling of fear. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. So when you when you think about fear, there's two ways that, that I look at it. You can either forget everything and run or you can face everything and rise. And, you know, it's it's really simplistic. And when you think about it, you know, when you forget everything and run, it's like, look, I'm not dealing with this. I'm out. You know, I'll live to fight another day. Or you can have that. I'm going to just deal with it and I'm going to get through it, you know, and and I'm going to tackle whatever it is that that's put in front of me. And that mentality says that, yes, I have the feeling of fear, but I didn't allow that fear to stop me from moving forward. I didn't allow that fear to prohibit me from doing the things that I wanted to do. I've talked about doing things that I desire to do, things that I know I need to do, but I chose not to do them because the fear was so great. And so we're going to talk about that, how the impact of fear on the body, um, you know, mentally, physically, even spiritually, financially, how fear can really just impact a person. So when we talk about the impact of fear, like I said before, it's it's I did mention it's mental, but it's really more than mental. A lot of people look at the mental aspects of fear, but there's so there's a physical, a true physical impact when you start talking about fear because you can put yourself in fear and be in that position so much that mentally your body reacts to that and there's studies that that show that you know how the how your mental capacity how the mental things of how your brain and and just the way you think can impact your physical body so when you talk about impacts of fear it can weaken your immune system it can cause cardiovascular damage dealing with the heart. Gastrointestinal problems, you know, things like ulcers and IBS, 
which is irritable bowel syndrome for those that don't know. It can cause you to have decreased fertility. Fear can. It can cause accelerated aging. And ultimately, it can cause premature death. And so a lot of people look at that and I'm like, man, fear can do that? Yeah. And we're going to talk about how fear can, can really do that. You know, because people always, you hear people say you are, you are, you are what you think. You know, some people say you are what you eat. Some people say, you know, but you are what you say. Um, and all of those things are, are true. They're truth to all of those things. Um, outside of the physical health, it can impact your memory. And this is, this is fear. When you're constantly in fear, your brain function isn't what it should be. And we'll talk about that a little bit further, how it all ties together. You know, mentally, you can feel fatigued. You can also go into clinical depression because of fear. And some people don't realize, you know, they, they've dealt with so much and they've just been dealing with it, dealing with it for years. You know, you're almost shell shocked or, you know, just you're just so jaded because it's like oh, I'm used to this. I'm, I'm living in fear every day. So, you know, but you don't realize like you you get to a place of depression. When we start talking about, you know, the mental aspect of fear and how that mental, how the mental aspect of fear can start impacting your physical well-being, you know, stress. And a lot of people don't know this or they don't think about it this way, but stress is a form of fear. And so when you start understanding the basic concept of fear, there are two scenarios that that really trigger fear in the human body or in the human mind. There's life or death situations. And in those life or death situations, you are kind of dealing with a, a fight Stay and fight scenario or run, you know, or then you have the non-life death, the non-life or death situations. You know, what's like where you're afraid of things that won't actually kill us, but based off our imagination, our imaginations, we get to the place where it's like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like the same way as it, as this is something like a life or death situation. So. You have to understand that there are times where we could allow our stress, our fear to get so, I guess, get so rampant in our life that it turns a, a non-life or death situation into a life or death situation. And it triggers our bodies and our minds to be in this fight or flight scenario, which is basically fight or run, but it causes us to be in this fight or run scenario and now we're always finding ourselves in that place, even for situations where it's not life or death. Um, it's not, you know, a life threatening situation. And that's that's it's crazy when I think about that, because I know for myself, you know, I think about just different times that I've, you know, just go through everyday things. And I wonder how many times does my body go into a fight or flight situation or my mind goes into that mode. My, my emotions get to that place knowing it's not a life or death situation. But a lot of us, it, it does happen, you know, so if you think about it, fear of rejection, 
that's a fear that can trigger stresses that can cause us to go into that that fight or flight mode. A fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of missing out. You know, you hear people say FOMO, fear of missing out, fear of being laughed at, fear of not being noticed. And all of those things will cause our fight or flight systems to kick in. And when you go back and think about it, the fight or flight system was only supposed to be triggered for life or death or I'm sorry, life threatening situations or death situations where, you know, let's say, for example, you know, walking down the street and a pit bull comes chasing you down the street. Now, at that point, your body goes into fight or flight mode and most of us are going to take the flight mode, but it heightens us. It puts us in a situation where we're, we're running for our lives. This is a life threatening deal. And that is how our bodies are supposed to react. However, if we're feeling if we're in one of these situations of fear, and, you know, the ones I just listed off rejection, failure, being alone, missing out, being laughed at, not being noticed, you know, and, and there's other things that you can look at. Those types of scenarios puts us in those fight or flight situations. And we don't even recognize it. Because we get to a place where we're always in that, you know, fear of running out. You know, we can even talk about it from a from a financial situation. Some of us are in a fight or flight mode just in our jobs. It becomes a hostile situation and it doesn't have to be. But our fear of losing our jobs because of, you know, if we lose our jobs, then what? We lose our money. Or so we think. And this is the way I'm trying to, to get, you know, heirs of the kingdom to understand that our operate, we operate a little differently. See, if we truly believe that God is our source, and I mean truly believe that, and not just say it and it doesn't, not wear them t-shirt and, you know, we can spit, you know, Philippians 419 all day. But until you have it really ingrained in you and it, it, it comes out of you in every way that God will supply all your need, God is your source at that point. If you truly believe that and you live that, that you wouldn't let a job dictate your health and well-being, but it happens. And, and you know, I, I am a, I am a, I've got a perfect example of that with me. You know, I remember some years ago, you know, I worked, you know, I think I might have mentioned this before, you know, I worked for a, a cable company and I was going through, I think I mentioned that when in the episode with my wife. And at that time, it was a very stressful time for me. I mentioned, you know, graduating from school, just bought a house, planning a wedding, my mom going through her chemotherapy and, you know, just dealing with her cancer um, diagnosis at that point. There was and trying to graduate from school, you know, taking, you know, full credits and working a full time job. So just all this stuff was going on. And so. Instead of me taking a step back and saying, you know what, I need to 
walk away from the job for a minute. Maybe I should have taken a leave of absence. But I didn't. I didn't think about myself and taking care of my well-being. I stuck it I stuck it out. But the fear of losing my job was so crazy and it's it and I say all this to say this was one situation where I was on the phone. And this is when I was doing customer service work. I was on the phone, we had a customer who had a problem with their internet service. And, you know, I guess they had been kicked around a bit by a few other um, reps. And so they got to me, you know, I was gung-ho and that was one of my things. I was always gung-ho to try to fix the problem. I wanted to be kind of a one-stop solution, you know, or one-stop shop where, where, you know, you don't have to get pushed around again. I will get your problem resolved. And and so I, I, I worked off of that mantra. And this gentleman was very upset. Um, You know, he called me out my name several times, which, you know, I got used to that. You become kind of numb to that um, working in customer service, especially on the phones. Um, But, you know, I'm just dealing with this customer, you know, called me out my name, called me, you know, even spit out some racial slurs at me, you know, And, and it was, you know, it just really started getting to me to the place where it was like, this guy, I'm going to lose my job today. And I let that situation bother me so much because I was more afraid of losing my job than to take a leave of absence or get up, walk away from that situation, from that customer, pass it on to somebody else. But I was afraid that if I, if I responded a certain way, if I did a certain thing that, you know, I was going to lose my job. And I started thinking about everything else that went along with that. If I lose my job, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to support or do my part in terms of bringing home money for the house. I'm not going to be able to finish my school, my, 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 my last year of school. You know, my mom is sick. So all these things are going through my head and... You know, it was it was so crazy. The fear was so rampant and the stress level was so high. You know, it was stressful to the place where, you know, I had, you know, I I think during that right after that call, I noticed when I got home that that night, my wife was like, you know, she looked at me and, and I had like a small bald spot in the side of my head. I couldn't figure out why I didn't scratch my head. I, I don't know what it was. My hair literally started falling out that quick. I mean, it was it was crazy. But I I let fear. I let that stress get to me. And so I knew at that point, I'm like, you know what? I can't allow myself to get that stressed out. I was having chest pains during during that call. I had chest pains. I was I couldn't hardly breathe. I think I was having some kind of panic attack. I mean, it was it was bad. But I look at that and I say that is what stress can do. Stress can cripple you. And and it it almost made me feel like I was crippled at that point. You know, and, and when you're dealing with just that, you know, I talked about, you know, the situation where the customer was just going off, going off, going off. And, and I got the I got the customer fixed. You know, I stayed with it. But at what cost? 
you know, because I, I was really in pain, chest pains, headaches, all of that stuff. But when you deal with something like that, it, it just that that stress level goes high. And that's why I want to talk to to everybody about fear, because when you talk about fear, there comes stress. So, you know, just to, to continue on, because I think I can stay at that point, you know, because I'm sure a lot of us have felt that on our jobs, uh, even in relationships where it's like, you know, I don't want to leave that relationship because of this, this, this and this. And I'm not talking about, you know, that there are some relationships that people should not be in and they're dealing with unnecessary warfare. And I'm not talking about those, um, you know, because at that point. You've got to make a choice. That is a, you know, it, it's it's not a life or death situation. Well, it can be, you know, especially if you're dealing with something that's abusive. But, you know, your health and well-being is, is more important than that fear of being alone. You know, and how many of us have been alone and been in relationships longer than we should have because we were afraid to be alone? We didn't think we were going to find anybody else. And how much time did we waste? How many blessings did we miss from the person that God may have, you know, has for us because we stuck with somebody that really wasn't supposed to be with us, but because they showed us a little bit of attention and, you know, there was a level of comfort, we stayed. But for what? You know, but for what? What what did we stay for? Stress and just trouble and drama. And that that led to nothing. Those are unnecessary stresses. Those are things that that fear of rejection, fear of missing out, fear of being left alone. You know, those types of things are fear of not being noticed. Those types of things can cause that kind of problem. So, you know, I just I, I want I want you guys to listen because, you know, like I said, this is therapeutic for me. And I'm hoping it's really going to be that for you. You know, one of the things that I, I thought about in talking about fear and and stress and, you know, just that impact to, to us, uh, to, to ourselves, you know, when you talk about, you know, we become angry at times and we blame others. We get mean spirited, we're aggressive, we're irritated, depressed, anxious. You know, those are things that kick in when you are in a place of fear or stress. And it's kind of part of some for some people, it's, it's some people call it their defense mechanism. You know, we have a built in alarm system that allows us to act quickly to get out of danger. And we can do that without analyzing the situation too much. That's part of our fight or flight. It's, it's a reflex. You know, and when you're dealing with a non life threatening situation and your fight or flight kicks in. Some people say, I don't have filters at that time. You know, you hear people say, well, I don't have much of a filter. That's because when they're in a, they, they, they put themselves in a fight or flight situation when it's not necessary. And so at that point, they're not thinking and they're just trying to make the quickest way out without any kind of rational decisions. So if you ever hear somebody say, like my wife mentioned, I'll use her for an example in this, uh, but she talked about it. In um, the episode four, uh, This Is Us, and I, I want you guys to go back and listen to that. But she mentioned that, you know, when we get in an argument, 
you know, we have, we don't really have many arguments. And when we have disagreements, when we have a challenge going on, you know, and I try to fix it, you know, I'm trying to get the situation resolved right away. And she's like, no, you know, let me be angry. Let me get through my anger. And then once I calm down, I'll come back to you. So she's in her fight or flight mode when there's a discussion. For me, I'm a little different because I'm like, you know what? Let's 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 go ahead. Let's let's think about. It. Let's get it done. Let's try to solve the problem. And in her world, she's like, no, that's not going to happen. Not at this point in time. So she goes into her fight or flight, and her fight or flight is like, I don't have a filter. I'm going. And she said it. I I will say something that I didn't think about something that I probably didn't necessarily mean, but because of the anger or the frustration or whatever I had built up at the time, wherever that was, that could have been caused by me or could have been a, a you know a product of other things going on. And this one thing just triggered it. You know, now the situation turns into something that doesn't have to be. Now you're seeing things that you can't take back because once it comes out, it's out. You've said it. And it's hard to take that back. So for her, she she wants to disengage from the conversation so that she couldn't she can get herself out of that fight or flight mode, come back to a level of rationalization so that she could really dissect what she wants to say in a calmer situation. And it makes sense. And you think about that, how many conflicts have escalated because People were just in that fight or flight mode. You think about all the shootings and, you know, all the drama that you see around the world, you know, and you think about how many, how many of those would have been avoided if it wasn't so, if everybody wasn't in such a heightened, heightened sense, that fight or flight, that, that fear mode is just, you're kicked into that thing all the time. I mean, you look at just the, the relations in our, you know, racial relations in our world. Everybody's on edge. It was almost, you know, when our, you know, we were going through the whole presidential election, everybody, I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. Everybody was on edge. Everybody was looking for the advantage. Everybody was looking, you know, for some kind of change or to keep it same. But everybody was just waiting for the next thing to go. And it was like, you know, just powder keg, just waiting to explode. And those things are still around. They're still there. Because nobody has, or people just haven't got to the place where they can sit down and have a discussion. And when you sit down and start having discussions with people, having logical discussions and and try to eliminate the emotions from it, you find common ground. And you're able to resolve conflict. And that helps with just conflict resolution all, all around. But, you know, that is, for me, that is where I know... Um, for me, that is where I know that I have to make sure that I take the time to not react to things off of emotions. And it is a, it is a hard thing to do for some people. And and for me, it's hard. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not hard, but I think the difference is knowing that. So when you get into those heightened situations, can you make the determination to say, I'm not in a, this is not a situation where I am in a fight or flight mode. This isn't a situation where I need to be afraid of anything. I don't need to fear my life. 
so I can take a step back out of that fight or flight. I can relax a bit and I can say, hey, let's think about this a little bit. And that's a different way to look at things. A lot of people, a lot of people struggle with that and they they don't want to do it. You know, and, and I get it. I do. I really do get that because it is hard. It is a challenge. And for me, you know, that's where I want to bring this stuff up now because I understand. I get it. We are always always. It's almost like we're always in a in a combat zone. You watch the news, you walk out in your neighborhood. Everybody is on edge. You go to the grocery store. If somebody looks at you wrong, if somebody cuts in in front of you in the, on the road, I mean, think about road rage incidents that are just up like crazy now. They are really, really, really up right now. And we don't understand, you know, everybody's like, what's wrong with people? Why are people just doing these things? Because everybody's on edge right now. Everybody is in this fight or flight mode. And we shouldn't be. So that means everybody's walking around feeling like their life is on danger. Or sorry, their life is their life is in danger. Everybody's carrying guns. Guess what? I carry one. Why? Because I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm not out there looking for trouble, but I want to make sure that I'm protected and my family's protected. And it's it's a shame that you have to do that, but it's a survival technique. I tell my wife I would rather I would rather be caught with one than without it. And my prayer is that I never have to use it. I'm not, like I said, I'm not walking around looking to say, hey, I, I got a gun. You know, I'll shoot you. That's not the reason why I have it. And I legally own it. I legally have, I have a license to carry it. People don't know I carry it. They don't see it. You know, I, I don't, I'm not one of those that has to show it. Because I understand that if I show that I have something, that triggers people too. You see, some people don't get that, but it, it, it is a trigger for some people. They see a weapon. You can be the nicest person, but as soon as they see that weapon, they go into a fight or flight. So just understanding, again, going back to how people are, you know, everybody seems to be just so irritated. Or if you're in an environment where everybody's just stressed out, everybody's just, you know, just on edge. You know, that that is... That is something that you have to understand. Like, how do you get them? How do you get yourself out of that? Excuse me. How do you get out of that environment? How do you get yourself out of that mode of thinking? And you look at it and you say, okay, well, if when you immediately act out, you know, if you immediately just act out in a situation in a mean or aggressive way, your brain is already in that fight or flight mode. You're not you and, and at that point you're not using all of your brain. And so that is the other piece to this process. When you go out there and you act in an aggressive manner, that is using a portion of your brain. And so the more you're around people who are stressed, who are depressed, who are angry, the more fear, the more your fear networks are activated and they grow stronger and they just start looking at everything as a threat. So now everything, everybody around you is a threat now. 
And that's just because you are put into a place where your senses are heightened and, and, and everything. You're, you're Like I said, you're always in this fight or flight mode. And you don't need to be. Nobody, nobody should be because all those things cause you to be stressed out. It causes you to be fearful. All those fears and all those those anxieties and all those things that that, you know, they they just constantly are hitting you. You never have a place of rest or peace because it's always one thing after another and it doesn't take much to trigger you. And so, again, you know, those 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 fight or flight. Of emotions, they get stronger and then it's like at that point, your fight or flight reactions are just always triggered. You know, people always say, oh, this, this person or that person, they're always snapping off. Don't care. It doesn't matter. You go in a situation where there's an argument about, and people say this all the time, how does, how does an argument over a parking spot turn to somebody getting killed? You know, and it's, this is real life stuff that happens. How does that happen? How do you go from arguing over you know, the last, and this, this is a true story, but you got, you're arguing over the last piece of chicken at, at the table around a family dinner, turns into a fight and somebody getting stabbed to death. And then afterwards, after they've calmed down and they realize what they did, that person was sorry. And it was a brother who killed and killed his brother. Because they were so triggered that their family had so many issues and he was so triggered that he didn't think his fight or flight was just there. He just took he took the, the, the road that he didn't want to take, but he wasn't thinking he was surviving and he made a brass decision and he had to pay for that. He lost a brother and he lost his life in the process. But you think, why? Why? Over a piece of chicken. Probably wasn't even that good. But it's, it, but it's the point of how does something escalate that fast? Well, it escalated because it was all that because one or both of those people were already at that place. They're already like that. That's why people don't. I mean, even now you talk about people say, well, nobody fights anymore. You don't have fist fights. It, it's going straight to to weapons, you know, guns, knives, whatever, whatever they can do to to take you out. The times of having a fist fight and settling it, you know, one on one, and then you know both people can at least walk away from it. No, it's it's going straight to death. I'm going to do what I can to eradicate you from this earth extreme measures but that is because that's where everybody is it is we we are we are in a society of survival in a lot of ways and we're not supposed to be you can be aware but you're not supposed to be in that fight or flight all of the time you can't function as a normal human being that way and you think about people who go away to the to the go to that in the army or serve in some part of the armed forces. You think about that and they come back home and a lot of them suffer from PTSD and people don't understand how real that is. But you think about that. 
they're always they're always having to be when they're out there in the, in the field and they're out there, you know, in combat. What do they have to have? Heightened senses. They have to know what's going on around them. They have to be in a fight or flight mode, but they are trained to be more strategical, more tactical. So they're trained to be able to deal with that. And then you come back and you think about some of our inner cities, some of the rough inner cities around where these kids who are not really involved in a lot of the, the things that go on, on the streets, they're not involved in, you know, the gang violence and all that stuff, but they're around it. So they have to know how to operate within it. And they're not given a manual or strategies a lot of time of, of how to handle them, handle that kind of situation. They just exist in it. Some of them wind up getting engulfed by it. Some of them wind up, you know, facing their demise in it. Some of them get out, but they're always in that in that heightened sense. That is not what we're supposed to be. And so we've got to learn how to override those, uh, the fear system, because at that point, most of us, it's an overdrive. So how do you how do you shift it back down? How do you dial it back? And you, one thing you've got to understand is that, you know, we do have the power. But we don't recognize that power or we don't know we have the power until we recognize we have a problem. And that's the other part that uh, that a lot of us, you know, won't do. Growing up, you know, going to a psychiatrist was not, or a psychologist wasn't something that we did. My family didn't really talk about that. You know, we didn't, you know, in the neighborhood I lived in or just around the people that I the people I was around, that wasn't something that they had discussions about. You know, I went to go see my, you know, my counselor today, my psychologist today. I went to go see, you know, somebody to talk about, talk through my thoughts and my problems. You didn't hear that a lot. People were, you know, some people took medications, you know, prescribed medications to cope. And that wasn't a good thing. Some people took it upon themselves to self-medicate through you know, drugs or alcohol or, you know, sex or other things. That's not good at all. You know, and, and, you know, this is, you know, being, you know, totally transparent. It's not always too about, you know, you don't think about a lot of people don't think, especially when you're young, a lot of people don't think I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer and he can help me. He can. And he, and he will if you go to him. But, that's not always a lot of people's first instinct to go or first thing to go to. But finding, you know, being able to, and they say that with most, you know, everybody that go that, you know, hear people go through, you know, um, programs for addiction. They always say the first step to recovery is to admit that you are that thing, whatever it is, a drug addict, alcohol, sex, whatever, whatever it is, you are that thing. Because until you can admit it and accept that that's what you are at that time, you will never be able to truly heal. So you have to understand that with this process of fear, you have power to stop that fear. You have power to overcome it. You have power to face everything and rise. And so there's some there's some 
some things that you can do. Here's there's three things that I that I, you know, have looked at and studied. And I think it's you know pretty common things a lot of people don't think about. So they have what they call bottom up behaviors. These are things that you can that can help you kind of override that hyper responsive fear system that, you know, you're just always on edge. You're always, always in fight or flight. So some of those things are, um, you know, dieting. Sometimes your food and changing your diet can help to bring down those stress levels and those fear levels. Um, you can look at exercise. You know, sometimes people just need that their body has is just so wound up. They just need to go let off some steam. They need to get out there, exercise, sweat a little bit. And that's why a lot of people, when they do exercise afterwards, you ever notice that you think clear? And, you know, I, I say this all the time to people. Like, after I, I you know, it, getting to getting to start the workout is one thing. Um, but... Once I'm done, oh man, it's, it's, it's great. You know, once I'm done, I'm, I'm thinking clear. It's like, wow, I can, you know, even I, there's points where I can, after I work out and I take a shower and I eat and I'm kind of just sitting there relaxing, I find myself able to pray better to, to seek God at a different place because my body has calmed down. I've, I've let out, physically let out some of that stress, some of that pressure, some of that, that fear, some of those things that built up in me. Now I'm thinking differently. Now I can, I can see things. I'm more rational at that time. And there's a different, you know, that's why it's good to be able to do that. So those, that, that's one of the things, you know, seeking social support, as I mentioned, going to see, you know, a, a license psychologist talking to them about what you're going through you know people say i don't want to talk to them they don't know what i'm they don't know me god gave them talent to be able to come out there and and to help you navigate through what you're dealing with from an honest you know perspective that you know you we all need to hear i mean you can also and, and some people don't think about this you know Pets. There's some people that have emotional support pets like dogs. I see them a lot and they're becoming more prevalent, especially with 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 young kids. And sometimes it's just a little thing, you know, just something small. You know, people think, well, you know, their, their kid is just always wound up or they're having all these anxieties and then they have this pet. And and if you get one of those, if you get it's not just go grab any pet, they're pets that are trained to be that emotional support for somebody who's going through, you know, anxieties or has, has, you know, trouble at that point in time. That's something you can definitely look into nature. You know, how many times do you go for those that travel or just take hikes, even locally, and you see something like a nice waterfall, you see the water flowing and you're like, man, this is so peaceful. It's so relaxing. And you can just sit there and meditate and reflect on life. See, the reason why I like going to the beach, I like swimming. I, I love getting in the water, playing with the kids and all that stuff. That's cool. I love that. But the other part is I like to just be in the waves, just looking at 
all of God's beauty. Like just looking out in the ocean and just looking out for miles and you don't see anything. But an occasional bird flying by or, you know, maybe a boat that's way out there. Like to me, just seeing that even from afar, you know, staying on, you know, staying close to a beach and being able to see the water. It's like, man, look at that. Taking a walk in the woods and, and, you know, just seeing the different elevations, all that stuff. I mean, being around nature because it brings you one with God, it brings you one with yourself. It takes you out of your environment. So things that take you out of your environment usually will allow you to, you know, come down from that high of being in fight or flight mode. And that is that is that is that is always good. That's why it's always good for people to get vacations in. And I I wish that, you know, people would be able to start getting away. And it's not extravagant. Just going to a different city that that may be something that you wouldn't do normally. You know, drive into a bed and breakfast out in the country somewhere and just experiencing life at a slower pace. That is something that will take you out of your normal routine and get you out of that environment where you can unplug from your job, even unplug from technology. Just say, you know what, I'm going camping somewhere where I won't have a signal unless I need to. I'm not going to be on social media. I'm not going to be, you know, responding to phone calls, FaceTime messages and text. I'll let everybody know where I'm at. If you need to get me, if there's an emergency or if I have an emergency, I can get in contact with somebody. But other than that, I'm off the grid for a while. But a lot of us won't take that time because we have fear that, you know, we, we get away we got to come back to the job. You know, we get away from our job for a while. Well, I don't want to take a vacation because guess what? If I take a vacation, then I'm going to have that whatever days I'm off. I'm going to have that much work piled up on me when I get back. So I just choose not to take a vacation unless there's a I can find a gap in where I don't have a lot going on at work. And what happens is that gap never happens. So you start calling vacations, long weekends where you just go visit family somewhere. And don't get me wrong. That's fine. But you're not really getting away for yourself. You're not taking the time for yourself or even your spouse or your family just to get out. And one of the things that I enjoyed doing with my family um, uh, when the pandemic first started last year, uh, back in March, one of the things that I'm glad we did, you know, towards May when they got out of school was we got out of the house. It was still pandemic was still at, at it was heightening up more so at that point. But we said, you know what, we're going to go. And we, we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We got a nice cabin. We didn't go many places, but we went on a hike, uh, went to a waterfall, and it was a great time. We, we took a nice little three-mile hike, um, saw this nice waterfall, took pictures. You know, kids got in the water. We, you know, just got out to do something because... In this house that we were living in, you know, it was like, man, we, we love each other, but we were going crazy. But we wanted to be safe. And so we, we, we went and did that. And that was the one of the best things we could have ever done. Some of the best money we could have ever spent was just taking that time. And it wasn't a, we took a long weekend, maybe four days. But it was the best. And the kids enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it. And it was just an opportunity to get out of our norm. 
to break away from the realism, the realistic, the realism, the realism um, that, you know, we're in a pandemic and we really can't be around people. You know, we didn't go shopping and do some of our normal things that we would have done when we go to Gatlinburg. You know, we, we took a chance and walked downtown Gatlinburg and we literally did that for 10 minutes. We parked, walked around, saw too many people out. We said, you know what, let's just go back home, stopped to grab something to eat and went back to the, the cabin and just hung out there. But we were grateful for that just to be able to get away. Sometimes it's just those little small things. Um, another thing is, say, is a, a regulation ritual. You know, meditation, uh, praying, breathing rituals, things that when you get to a place where you feel like your 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 anger is rising, you feel an attitude coming on, you feel yourself going into that fight or flight mode. Taking a second and just saying, okay, let me. Let me breathe. Let me let me work through this. You know, let me let me go pray. And for those that are not praying, people, you know, let me go meditate. And you can pray and meditate. But taking time to step away from the situation, step away from the environment and just say, let me go center myself this way. Do all three of those things. Breathe, meditate, pray. But do something. It's important. It's very important. And then the other the other thing, you know, so we talked about bottom up behaviors, which are diet, exercise, seeking social support, pets, nature, things of that, things like that. Uh, the second one was regulation, regulation rituals. We talk about meditation, prayers, breathing rituals. Um, and the third one is, you know, mindset. You know, if you want to override your your hyper responsive fear system, changing your mindset. How do you change your mindset? Positive affirmations, your language. Now, I'm in a community uh, with my man of God, Apostle Amos L. Howard, and it, it's it's talking about wealth and that it's okay to talk about wealth. And it's funny that we have to talk about that. Because being wealthy is seen to be a bad thing for some reason. People associate wealthy people as bad people. That's not the case. But nevertheless, everybody doesn't think the same. So sometimes you have to get into a community uh, with people who are like-minded. So that way you can express what you need to express and talk through things that you need to talk through so that you can get to the place where you need to be. And sometimes being able to change your mindset it, it starts with you can do, you can control your mindset. But the other part is, you know, you have to be able to say these things. So if you have to find you some positive affirmations online just to get you started, look for I am statements or you make your own I am statements. You know, if you've got a fear of, you know, low self-esteem, I am handsome. I am pretty. I am beautiful. You know, you have to feel good about you. That's most important because for people to truly see how important, how special, how handsome, how pretty, whatever it is that you think you're not, people see it, but they also have, they also want to know that you believe it. 
you know, you've got to believe it about yourself. And it's not a cockiness. It's confidence that I know that God created me, that I'm special. I, I'm, I am not. It's not that I'm better than anybody, but I'm different. I'm one of a kind. And so my one of a kind self, there's somebody out there for me that's specific for me. And so you speak that, but you understand that until that point, I am special. I am important. You know, I am. You are kind. You know, you are smart. You are kind. What was that on the uh, the help uh, movie? But, you know, but you are you have to you have to you have to say that and believe that about yourself. So being able to change that mindset, positive affirmations, you know, I am I am rich. You know, I'm I am not a re, I'm not a failure. I am successful. You know. And not let people speak negatively in you. When somebody does that, you respectfully decline that and say, no, I am not that. I am this. And they may look at you like you're crazy and they may be like, oh, yeah, you want that positive stuff. Like, yeah, I am. And you, you'll find out when you change your mindset, you change the way you think and you change the way you speak. You are going to shed off a lot of people who you thought were with you. Because they were only with you because they knew either they they thought that you were beneath them, that you would never rise up above them, or they basically used you to kind of balance off themselves and say, oh, well, this person's always negative, this, that, and the other. So I know if I can, I can kind of use them as the bar, I'll be good. And they want to keep you in that box. But the minute that you surpass their expectations of you and you really start thinking more about yourself was a problem. And you'll lose people who weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Your true friends, the true people, your true support group, you know, those will be the ones that will step up and that will really show you who you, you know, support you and help you to, to get to that place. They won't be a hindrance. And there's a huge difference in that. There's a huge difference with people who are with you that are supporters they're helping to guide you. That That is the community you want. You know, you want to have people that balance you out. You want to have people who bring you back down to be humble. But that's all part of, you know, trying to keep a positive mindset, keep yourself in a position where you are. You are always in a positive state of mind, even when there is something that cha- even a challenge comes up. And I find myself now always correcting myself. I would, just like I was, a second ago, I was going to say, you know, when a problem comes up. You know, it's not a problem. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But we're going we're gonna to get through that because we're going to face everything and rise. That's that, that's that mindset of fear. Okay, yeah, it's a challenge. This may be difficult, but you know what? We got it. We're going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. How many times do people walk away from a job opportunity because of that? Oh, that's difficult. Or other people say, you don't want to do that because they they treated me wrong and this, that, and the other. But, you know, God told you to go to that job or God told you to do that. But you took the you you took the the advice of somebody else. I've had situations like that. People say, oh, you don't want that job. You don't want to go work there. And I went there and did it. And found out that 
it was easier. It was different. The interview process was easy. The whole the whole thing was was catered towards me and God set it up just perfectly for me. But why is that? Because I didn't follow what everybody else said. I followed God on that. And I didn't let fear set in because what other people said, because they're in their fear mindset. Some people, they, 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 some people are in their fear mindset all the time and they want you to stay and they want you to be in that fear mindset. They don't want you to, just like in this economy that, or when the economy is going bad and be like, oh, you don't want to spend money on that or you don't want to do this because if you spend money on that, it's going to be wasted and you're going to lose this and lose that and everybody's in fear and, and that's all they're talking about is money lost, money lost. And you tell them, hey, I'm a money magnet. I'm a, I'm a money money comes to me freely and clearly. It, I, I perpetually harvest everything that God has for me. So you start speaking stuff like that. It, it changes the mindset. It changes changes you, but it's going to also cause people. It's going to either attract people like you, or people that are in the in the vein same vein as you, or it's going to repel those who. Don't believe the same you. And it's okay if they do. It is okay. And you got to be okay with that because you're trying to better yourself. So I, I want to take the last little bit of time to talk about, you know, really dig into the body uh, with fear. Now, fear was evolved and evolved in us to protect us, you know, but again, I want to, I want to make sure I preface it with, it protects us in life-threatening situations. So fear starts in our brains. So when you get scared, your brain sets off kind of an elaborated and a coordinated response. So even if there isn't a threat, you know, it still sets off this response. And then from there, it starts to you start to figure out, is this a life or death situation? Or is this just something that, you know, I don't need to worry about? But there are, there are also physical changes that take place in your brain during that time. And it, it can go from your brain all the way to the muscles in your legs. And it can happen in seconds. How many times have you been in fear and you felt like your legs just stuck? Or you feel like your leg muscles just tensed up? Or almost like, like you've been running or you know your legs just got tight all of a sudden. You know, when something fearful happens. You know, that, that is... That's caused by our sympathetic, our sympathetic nervous system, which that sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight response. So you have what's called an autonomic nervous system, and that manages your reflexes like breathing, digestion, heartbeat. See how many people really understood that, you know, fear. And the response that happens in your brain can set off a chain of events throughout your body that impacts the part of your nervous system, the autonomic nervous system that starts dealing with breathing, digestion, heartbeat. Now, I told you earlier that fear can cause things like ulcer, it can cause all kind of other problems, uh, which, which is stress, which is a form of fear. So let, let's look at your autonomic nervous system as sort of a control panel, like a system control panel. You, know, you think about an electronic and a power plant or something like that, and you've got all these gauges and levers and 
knobs, you're turning, all that stuff. So fear kicks in. You know, so you have a situation and you and fear starts. And what happens is that system goes into overdrive. So the first thing is the adrenaline kicks in. And everybody knows when adrenaline kicks in, what happens? You know, you start, some people, your heart starts beating fast. You, 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 your body temperature rises. Some people start to sweat. Uh, just different things kick, start happening. But also what happens during that point is blood flow decreases from your frontal lobe of the brain. And that is where the logical thinking happens. So now blood leaves that part of the brain. So now you're not using that part of the brain. It's not, it's not operating the way it's supposed to. Blood is leaving from that part of the brain. And then it goes over into your, your amygdala, which is the animalistic side of your brain. And that takes over. Now your heart rate and blood pressure and your breathing rate increases along with muscle tension. So now you're going from the rational side, which is the human side, to the more animalistic side of your brain. Blood flows, everything's increasing, muscles getting tighter. Now your pupils are dilating. Now see, this goes back to the physical part. Your pupils start dilating to allow you to see better so you can see the threat. Why is that important? Because your pupils dilate to see a physical threat. But there's no physical threat. There was no life or death situation a lot of times. But this is where people start to react because they're in a fight or flight response system now. They're reacting to people as if they are threats. So now their eyes are getting bigger. Um, then you start thinking other things like um, your blood flow moves from your extremities. So it goes from, you know, different parts of your body it flushes away from your hands, so now your hands become cold and clammy. How many times have you been in fear and you or you've been around somebody who you know they're nervous or they're scared or they're just a lot of fear? You you shake their hand or you touch their hands and their hands are cold and they feel clammy. Blood is blood is left there. I mean that is this is now you're in that you're in the zone. Your adrenaline's pumping. You are now in the animalistic part of, of your brain. You are in fight or flight mode. Now your digestive, your digestion slows down. You know, your body doesn't know the difference between a real threat and a perceived threat. So you think about that. Now you have fully gone into this mode. There is no, there is no in between. Everything is a threat. Everything is heightened. And people, we are living, a lot of people, are, a lot of us are living in that every day. Every day we're living in that. That's why the fight or flight response kicks in during, think about public speaking. Or when you're in a crowd. You know, people get nervous. They, you know, think about when somebody messes up or they do a public speaking and, you know, they get questioned and, and some people react in a different way. Some people just get nervous and run away. That's fight or flight. Some people stay in there and they get offensive. I mean, they get offended about the situation. They, they you know, they start yelling and screaming and becoming a belligerent because somebody's asking them a legit question. But they're already nervous and they're fearful about the situation. They just want to be left alone. Um, but you're responding to every situation as if you're always running from a predator. 
And that fight or flight system is trying to keep you alive. But we're not meant to stay in that mode. And so it's important. It's really important that we that we understand that as heirs, we are not supposed to stay in a fight or flight mode. Fight or flight mode does not mean that you don't you're not aware of what's going on around you. Awareness has to be there. It's not saying, you know, turn a blind eye. But it's saying everything does not have to be a threat to you. Everything does not have to 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 be, you know, a play on your life. And now there are some situations where you go in there and, and you might be right. And you have to know how to rationalize that. And that is the difference. That's what separates us from a beast in the field. Because we have the ability to rationalize. We're supposed to when we allow ourselves to, when we come down off of that fight or flight, we say, okay, let me breathe for a second. Let me calm down. Let me think this through. No case in point. You know, I'm the type of person where if there's something that goes on with my child, the first thing that I want to do is I want to find out what happened. I want to hear what happened with the situation you know, so if there's a situation with one of my my child, one of my children and a teacher, you know, and my child comes home or, you know, I get a call from school and they're like, hey, you know, so and so did this. And so I go to the school. Now I'm upset because I got to go to the school because something happened, you know, or not upset, but, you know, I'm like, OK, what's going on? I got called to the school. And so my first response isn't to say. You know, this person's always doing this and, you know, just get kind of, you know, be very reactive. I asked my child what happened. I asked the person, the teacher, what happened or whatever, you know, the other side. And I try to figure out what's wrong. You try to figure out what happened here. Everybody's side of the story. Now, as I tell my kids, I'm always going to defend you, but I need to know the truth. Because, see, I don't I, I do know my kids and I know that there are certain things that they can and they, they can't that, that I know they can do. And I know that they that they won't do. Because I know my kids now I don't put anything past them. I'm not saying that they won't do that. There's things that they won't do. I know they will and they'll try it. But I also understand in certain situations that that ain't something my kid would do. You have to prove that one to me. But I want to hear the story. But I've seen situations where I've gone and not because of my kid. I've seen there and the first thing, you know, I've seen a mother, you know, walk in there. You know, I don't know who they are. I've seen them walk in there and just go plumb off on everybody without even finding out what's going on. Because why? They're in that fight or they're in that fight or flight mode. They're just right in, you know, upset because they got they had to leave work early. Upset because their kid is called out in the classroom upset for all these things and they sit down and find out and the kid tells the truth and it's like yeah i did it and it's like okay now you've caused this big scene for what for what now i'm not saying that there are times where it is warranted for you to be upset but i'm like find out what's happened try to be rational about the situation everything does not have to be they're gonna know me they're gonna respect me they're gonna know i don't play see that then that, that, you, know, you have people operating 
with you in fear. And so when they feel fear now, they're, 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 their fight or flight is, is taking it, taking place. So now they feel like, oh, so-and-so mom or daddy coming up here. We're going to have to deal with this. And I got to get they, they, their, their situation together and figure out how do I want to handle this. Or they could be another one of those people that they're in fight or flight. They were like, they better not come up acting crazy there. I'm going to tell them about themselves. How many of us have said that? Or, you know, my boss, they've been, they've been acting crazy. I got, they got one more time and I'm going to tell them all, blah, blah, blah. We've all probably said it. I know I have. You know, and, and these are the things that I want everybody to really think about. We do not have to live in fight or flight mode. It is there to protect us for life or death situations. If you are not in a life or death situation, take a step back, breathe, meditate, pray, exercise, get get professional help, do something, but figure out why am I always angry? Why am I always stressed out? Why am I always in fear that I'm going to lose something? Something's going to be taken from me. Why am I always in fear? Like, ask that question. Is it my environment? Is it a relationship? Is it just me? I mean, what is it? Like, step back and think about that. Get away. Go, go. I mean, if every if you're in a state that, you know, look up like, hey, are there any nature hikes or where I can go and take a walk and see a waterfall? Go do that. Like, get away and just reflect. Sometimes it might just be... Go get a hotel room for a night. Just you by yourself and just be with you and your thoughts. Like, think about that. Like, take a, take a second and get away from the, that, that, that mindset. Like, how many, how many senseless killings amongst family could have been avoided? How many of those fights could have been avoided? See, when you can take a step back and breathe and come off of that, that fight or flight mode, now you can have conversations that are difficult, but everybody's coming from a, from a good space. Everybody's coming, you know, with a, with a, they're, they're chilled out and they just want to, they just want to find out how can we get to common ground? How can we figure out what's going on? How can we, how can we coexist? I've had several of those conversations with empl- with employees of mine, with managers of mine, you know, with different levels of people, coworkers, just, you know, peers, you know, I've had those conversations and it's not easy because from my perspective, you know, I don't like dealing with drama, but I don't like, I don't like dealing with drama, but I don't like dealing with drama. So if I'm at work and I got drama going on, I like to nip it in the bud. The same thing when I'm at home, you know, if there's something going on in the house, you know, I don't like to just sit there and deal with it forever. I don't like walking around on eggshells and I don't like feeling like something's about to explode. So I'm going to say something about it or try to try to get it out. And sometimes I can be forceful with it, as I've said before. But my intention is to try to break that up to get the fear away from me by facing everything, by, you know, facing everything and rising. You know, I, I don't. I don't do well at just, you know, I try not to just forget and run because it's going to always come back and I'm going to think about that situation, which happens to me a lot. So I'm, I'm going to stop there. 
Um, and I really want everybody to just stop and think about just fear. Are you going to face everything and rise? Or are you going to forget everything and run? Now, there are times where you might have to run. And those are those fight or flight situations. And there are times where God will direct you to say you need to walk away from that. And those times are okay. But if you're always in fight or flight, and most people get to that place, you find yourself constantly running or constantly fighting. But most of the time, you're not dealing with the situation. You know, I kind of this last story. I remember there was a there was a company that I was working for and things had gotten so hectic. And I was like, I don't even think I'm going to stay at this company. And I was ready to leave. I had only been there for about a few months. I was ready to leave. I was like, man, I'm about to I got to get out of here. It's too stressful. It's crazy. This, that, and other. I need to make some more money. You know, God, I know you brought me here. You know, and I, I had to step back on myself and say, okay, there's, you know, fear about being here. They had let some people go. You know, we were working crazy hours, so we're tired. You know, people were stressed out. You know, I'm new, so I'm trying to, you know, create a good perception about myself amongst my employees, you know, my colleagues. I wasn't a manager amongst my colleagues and uh, my management and things of that nature. And, you know, I was just so ready to go. And so God just told me, you know, it's not you just got here. I put you here for a reason. Just relax. And so I did. And a couple months later, I, I wound up getting promoted into a manager position. My manager got fired because he wasn't doing the job. But I was, you know, doing I was doing the job that he was supposed to be doing. I was showing leadership and things like that. And see if I would have just ran from that situation, which you know I could have done. I've had I had job opportunities that I could have gone to. But if I just would have went and ran, I would have missed out on what God had for me. And during that point in time, I had promotions. You know, I got promotions like three or four times within a two-year period. You know, financial uh, bonuses and, and, you know, title changes. But I wouldn't have did that if I would have ran. So sometimes it's just being able to hear the voice of God. Take a step back. Pray about it. You know, and this this podcast is for kingdom heirs, but I'm just telling you, if you're if you're wavering in your faith and your relationship with God, you know, I I I always, always would would beg you to 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 seek him first. But if you're not at that place, take a step back and just meditate. Think about it. Breathe. Remove yourself from the situation. Take a day off, take a half day, mental health day, whatever it is. Step away from it and then be able to to remove yourself, think about it, and then come back to it and, and find out what it is that you're supposed to do. As Kingdom Heirs, that's the opportunity for us to see God in a different place. That is how you get the calm to the storm. That is what we talk about. You got to get off the boat to walk on water. See, it takes faith to get off the boat. You know, you get off the boat, you you know, it takes some faith to do it, but to stay off and continue to walk in troubled water when the storms and the things of life are underneath your feet and you always think that you're going to drown. 
and you look down at your problem instead of keeping your eye up to him. So that's what fear does. Fear keeps you looking down. When Peter got off the boat, he was good. He was cool. He looked at Jesus straight ahead and he was just walking. Then he started looking down. He saw the storms. He saw his problems. He saw the challenges. He saw the, the things that caused him fear, great fear. And Jesus said, you know, stay focused on me. But he gave up to his fear. And he focused on his fear. He focused on the things that stressed him and he started sinking. And that's what we are doing. That's what we do a lot. We focus on the negative. We focus on the negative so much that we miss out on the opportunity to focus on the things, that, the goals and the thing, the dreams that we have. Why? Because we're always looking at, at something. We're always looking to survive. We're always looking to survive that one thing or survive to, to make it to the next day. I don't want to, you know, we're always looking for a way to just get by. That's that's survival. That's not how we were meant to live. That's not how the kingdom, our kingdom heirs are meant to live, y'all. We're not. And it's a perpetual cycle of just surviving to get by to the next thing, to get by to the next check. And how much of that fear mentality is in our lives and how much if we for those that have kids how much are we pushing that out to our children you know a poverty mindset is fear and you can say well you talking about money and blah, blah money don't yeah but you can think with a poverty mindset you don't have to be you know you don't have to be wealthy in terms of money you can be wealthy in a lot of stuff, but how much of that, how much of that wealth are you missing out because of you been in fear? You stopped yourself from doing because of fear. I ain't talking about spending money. And some of us have, have failed money tests because of fear. That could have got us to the next breakthrough. Fear can be a fear can can be crippling. And I said that earlier. Fear can be crippling. We've got to get to a place. And I say we, because together, we're together in this. We've got to get to a place where fear is not going to cripple us and stop us from getting to where we're going to be. Because when we get to that place, man, just imagine what our life will be like. Imagine what this world will be like when everybody's now walking and living in that fight or flight mode. Imagine how many conversations you can have amongst different races and religions where you can start to have an understanding and develop a tolerance for differences. But there's so much misinformation and everybody's on edge and you say one little thing. I mean, I, I know people, I see people get off of faith, get off of social media because they see things and they get triggered. There are people who purposely, they call it trolling, purposely go on post that are meant to be positive or to celebrate somebody. And they just go on there and they put some negative comments just because they call it trolling. But those people are just people that are in fight or flight mode all the time. They just want to argue. They want to be in a bad place and they want to, they want to help and help make other people be in that place. 
I can put up something that says, you know, I love God. And somebody come in trolling like, well, if you if God was so good, you love him so much, then why did why did he let this happen? Why did he let that happen? Why is COVID here? Why is that? I mean, some of those are legit questions, but you got to go back and think about it. Like, dude, I'm just I'm just here happy. Why can't I be happy today? Why can't I have some joy in my life? How can you have joy when all these people are dying? Well, I can have joy because I can have joy for what God has done for me. Now, I'm praying for everybody to be healed and, and to that COVID, you know, it's not coming to them or any sickness or disease or infection or anything or death. Like, that's my prayer. But I'm still going to celebrate the good things. I'm going to celebrate the, the things that I know God continues to do for me. The reason why I'm here is because of him. I'm going to celebrate that. I'm not going to let fear stop that. But that's what fear will do. Fear will tell you, no, you don't, you know, God, you can't say nothing about God because people are going to say, well, question you about how you're going to say there's a God when, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are dying and we got people getting killed every day for senseless things. And how is that? Well, I can speak. I can speak that because I'm still here. My kids are still here. My wife is still here. My family is still here. And I pray that for everybody. But I know that everybody's not going to get that, just like wealth. I want everybody to be wealthy, but I know everybody's not going to be wealthy. God wants all of us to be wealthy, mind, body, spirit, financially, emotionally. God wants us to be wealthy. We were created to be wealthy, but we're all not going to get there. Just like we're all not going to get to heaven. But that's a different story. That's a different day. So again, I just want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast episode today. Uh, I pray that you got something from it. Um, like I said, these sessions are therapeutic for me, um, and I hope that they are the same for you. If, if you want to continue this conversation, please feel free to reach out to me at airflowpodcast at gmail.com. That's airflowpodcast, H-E-I-R. F-L-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. You know, send me some, reach out to me, guys. You know, check out my Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Airflow Podcast. You know, send me a message there. You know, I would love to hear what people have to say about fear and, and you know, share some stories about fear for those that want to be transparent. I've got plenty of them. I've got plenty of stories, um, and I'm sure we all do, and it's okay. But let's start doing some some self-reflection and figuring out what fear, what is stopping us from living our best life? What is stopping us from being the heirs we're supposed to be? What are those things? What's stopping us from starting a business? What's starting us from that weight loss journey? What's stopping us from, you know, getting the house that we've desired for years what's stopping us from from you know the car that we want what's stopping us from you know getting our you know getting our blood count at the right place this what's stopping us from going back to school to get the degree that we always wanted to get but people said you're too old to get it now what's really stopping us what's really stopping us fear we just gotta look in the mirror and say, I'm tired, I'm tired of, of of 
losing this battle. I'm taking my life back. And I'm going to speak nothing but positive things. I'm going to put myself in a positive environment. I would just also say, you know, there are plenty of things online that you can start listening to and tap it into that's audio. Uh, that's audible, I should say. There, there are affirmations on YouTube you can look up. Um, you know, there, there are different different things that you can go into when you want to, you know, talk about changing, you know, from a from a poverty mindset to a wealth mindset. There are books you can read. Um, you know, everybody's favorite book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, Steve Harvey has a great book called Jump, and I've mentioned that several times. Um, you know, I will mention my man, the God Apostle Amos L. Howard. You know, the earth is your real estate. He has a book that's out, um, you know, and it talks about his journey of faith and understanding that everything on the earth is ours, but we got to go out there and take it. It's not just going to be given to us. We got to take it and, and give us the tools to do it. Those things, you can't do that in fear. You can't. I wouldn't be here right now if fear if I let fear stop me. I would have, I would have you know, forgotten everything and ran. Like, I'm not doing this podcast because I'm afraid of what people are going to say about me. I was I was in fear. I, I mentioned this the first podcast. I was in fear of just how my voice sounded. I didn't want to get on here because I don't want to sound stupid. What if I mispronounce a word? What if I, you know, do this or do that or, you know, ask a dumb question? You know, at some point, you just got to say, you know what? I'm just going to be me. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. God gave me this to do. And I'm going to do it. You got to have that same bold mentality too. And I know everybody has it in them to do it. So I love y'all. If y'all haven't heard that today, know that I love y'all. You are loved. Jesus loves you. And don't ever forget that. Fear cannot take you out if you don't allow it to. You know, and if you need counseling, you know, if you are employed, please check out your employee EAP program. You know, there are some jobs offer, you know, benefits and, and around that your benefits may cover you to go to so many sessions. And sometimes you just need to get to talk to people. Talking to your mom and your daddy or your family ain't always the best. Because they're just going to tell you some of the same stuff that's perpetuate and just perpetuate some of the same things that's got you in this place of fear now. Sometimes. I'm not going to say all the time. But go get some. Go get some help. It's okay. And you know what? If people laugh at you, they're laughing at you because they probably need it too. But they're so stuck in their own patterns and their old ways that they, they can't break free from it. And you're going to be ostracized just because you're trying to do something different. So, as I said, I love everybody. Uh, I pray that you got something from this on this episode of the Airflow Podcast. Uh, again, join me next Friday as we have a new episode dropping. Um, I'm so excited about how this thing is really turning out. I've, As I always say, I get great feedback and get great response. Um, and I'm always looking forward to getting feedback from everybody that gets a chance to come out and, and download the podcast and listen. So please support us. Uh, the website is airflowpodcast.com. Again, that's airflowpodcast.com, A-T-I-R-F-L-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Every episode is uploaded there. That is where they live. 
Um, and then if you, if, you know, if you have a podcasting, uh, preference from a platform perspective, I'm on Apple, I'm on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google, um, I'm on all the major ones. So, you know, just go and search for airflow podcast. Uh, once you find me, please subscribe. If you subscribe, you'll get an alert saying, you know, a new episode is available, um, I, I would love for you guys to really listen. And, and you know, again, I appreciate it. I ask for the support because I want to make sure that that one people are hearing it. And if, if it's something that you think other people may may like or may need to hear, share it with them. Please share it with them. I appreciate your support. I'm asking for your support. And I, and I and I believe that the more support, obviously, the better this will grow into and the more things. And I want not just your support, but I want to also get your feedback. So like it if on Facebook, you know, like our Facebook page, uh, subscribe to the Facebook page, subscribe on the website, subscribe on your podcast platform, uh, share it with people. And if, if you think there's some things that I need to work on, please, I am I am not above criticism. If you come with me, come to me in love and support me, I, I, I am going to take that and I'm going to use that to grow. So I appreciate that. Um, I thank everybody again. We're all in this together. Fear cannot take us out because we are kingdom heirs. And as kingdom heirs, we were created and designed to flow, to flow in the blessings, to flow in the things that God created us to flow in. And that's to be prosperous in every aspect of our lives. So again, my name is Ricky Thomas, and I thank you for taking time to come out and flow with me. And remember, new episodes of the Airflow podcast come out every Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. So be on the lookout for those episodes where I will continue to bring information so that you can draw inspiration to be the kingdom heir that you were created to be. Again, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you all next week. I pray that you are blessed and safe. Love you guys.